Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all of the life that happens between them. So um, we are recording a week in advance. We're trying to do a couple things. Number one, we used to have a week or two's worth of back material that we would keep in reserve for the sake of what happens when life gets crazy busy. But then life got crazy busy. Yes, it did. And we're out of back material. So we are recording this immediately after uh, having discussed George's stepdad's death so that we have content to work from next week. and While I'm gone. Yes, while you're gone. And we'll probably try and record again in the meanwhile, but... In um, case we don't get to. We, so, need, we need to have some things that we wanted to talk about anyway. If recorded. you're waiting for resolution of the travel situation and the physical therapy and acupuncture and all the rest, it's going to wait another week or two. Sorry, yeah. friends. Yeah, it'll be soon. But in the meanwhile, yeah. we decided to talk about the God thing. The God thing. The God thing. Yeah, because you mentioned it. I did. Yeah, you do that sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I do mention the God thing sometimes. That's because you do things like go to church. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I go to church. You do. And they like me. And I even preach at church sometimes. And you like it. I like church. Unlike myself. You do not like church. I don't like it. I don't desire it. Why Why? Why don't you like church? Um, start, start way back. Way back. Uh, I grew up Catholic. For a lot of people, you don't have to say much more than that. <laughs> um, when, when I was like four or five, I remember them talking about this whole heaven thing. I was outside. And I was probably being sent to catechism because I was not enrolled in a Catholic school, which was really already a big deal. Yeah. In my neighborhood, in my family, I was at the public school. Ah. What what were my parents thinking? (laughs) Um, That explains everything. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe it does. See, they were all right. Um, I, I looked at the sky and I thought, I don't see what the hell they're talking about. They are full of it. Yep. And that's what I decided. And, you know, they sent me to all this stuff anyway, religious stuff on Saturdays. And then you get called a Saturday Catholic. But anyhow, I didn't know that. And then later, as, you know, as I was growing up, my parents really did the thing that I saw a lot of Catholics doing, which was go to the big church on the big holidays because they still had pressure from their parents Mm -hmm. and the rest of their family to do so. And because it's a mandate or a, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the thing that you're supposed to do because it's what you're supposed to do. Right. You go on the high holidays. Well, we didn't like for um, Christmas Eve, but that's because everybody had celebrated a little too much. And so you watch the Pope on the Midnight Mass. You watch the Pope Midnight Mass on, on the, the TV on the because TV. you don't drive to church when you're too south to drive straight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think they wanted to go anyway, so. No, no, I guess they didn't. So you decided church was full of it and you were done with it until you were. I was in high school. 
Mm-hmm. And my, my mom got involved with um, a new age religion, often <laughs> also known as a cult. Yes. And she was very involved in it, and I wasn't at first. That's and then how I, cults work. Yeah, and then I was. And so I did that for a few years. Mm-hmm. And that religion was based in a blend of Christianity and Eastern mythos? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were. So I learned a lot about different religions. Okay. But they were not queer friendly. And so I had become closeted and uh, eventually unhappy with that situation enough to leave. Uh Uh-huh. But... At that point, as other people who have ever experienced someone having dealt with a cult-type religion, the damage was done. You know, it it took me a while to recover from that. Yeah. And because... You're you're still not completely recovered. No, I'm not. And the the thing is, when there's a cult, you go go there all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday service and a Wednesday service and... Sometimes there's something else on a Tuesday. And so it takes up all your time eventually, and you get used to that. And then at some point I was coming away from it, and I never wanted to go to a church again (laughs) in my whole life. Understandably so. Mm -hmm. And when you have that sense of this particular building or location is the center of your life, but wrongfully so. Mm Mm-hmm then that association of the church with a wrong sense of control is hard to shake. Yes, and I didn't believe any of that bullshit anymore. Good for you. (laughs) And I never liked being inside. So I felt that a lot of my time had been robbed from me in many ways. Yes. Did that church have windows? No. No no windows. I I had to ask because on the rare occasions that you've come to church with me, you were very pleased that my church had really big windows. Yes, they do. I like that. And you can see outside. You can can see the mountains. Yes, I can see outside. It's good. Yeah. I don't feel quite so trapped. So I, I do. I think it's a big waste of time to sit there on a Sunday when I could go do something fun. Yes. And you like it, so it is fun for you. I I do. I do. Um, But before we get to what I believe and how I engage in faith, where has that left you as a person of faith? You still have some sense of faith, and you said that you had lost it and regained it in the time leading up to when we met. Yes, I probably did that at least twice. Because... Um, I was still, you know, coming, especially the year or two after completely stopping the, the cult activity, had those thoughts in my mind of, that were questions about, is this real? No, it's not. And, but a lot of questions about mm-hmm. it. And engaging in the rest of my life, which had a lot of queerness in it. Yep. And kind of didn't care, wasn't adamant about the nonsense I had decided to dismiss, but was, you know, 
I, I, I had other things on my mind and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I think I, I kind of settled into, okay, there's probably something going on, but I don't know what it is. And I'm not concerned with figuring it out. And then I, I got in a relationship that ended up being a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. And during that time, the, the person that I was with had had a lot of trauma in their life. Yes. Uh, terrible, terrible things from childhood. And I came to feel that, like a lot of people do when they have other you know, terrible things happen to children or people in their lives, they say, how could a divinity allow this type of harm? Mm-hmm. And so I had a very hard time with believing that there could be anything really truly out there that we were probably just making it up to make ourselves feel better because I, I just couldn't see how that could be. Right. And then sometime after the divorce, and I don't think terribly long, but I think I had been heading in this direction for a while. Mm-hmm. Things were settling in this direction. It kind of hit me one day, and I know you, you Jesus people say that, you know, you feel this thing. So We feel this thing. Yes. I often hear other friends of mine that, believe in Jesus, say, you have to feel Jesus in your heart. That's not what I have, what happened to me. But anyhow, (laughs) I felt my spirituality come back to me. I felt that I could believe in some process, some flow, some connection or something that was my relationship to the other world or your higher power, higher power, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the right word. And I guess that's where, you know, previously, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't adamant about not believing in something. You weren't one of those militant atheists. No, because I was attending a 12 step group that was for, um, friends and family of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. So, there's 12 steps and there's a higher power mentioned in there. And, and that was something I could handle, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time. I know a number of atheists and humanists who have gone through 12-step programs and who have considered their higher power to be humanity. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I often thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, on the other hand, were content to think of a supernatural um, I went back and forth on it, really. Okay. Yeah, I thought, well, it could be these people, it could be my sanity. I don't care as long as my it's, sanity is not a not a higher power in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. Your sanity could be <laughs> if you can find it. Um, that's what I was thinking. Uh, ain't no power in my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's why you have Jesus. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um. So I kind of came back around after the divorce to, I I felt this spiritual connection Mm -hmm. in my life to, I wasn't sure what, and I was really happy and really comfortable with that feeling. I remember talking to my very good friend about it, who, who we've talked about here, and he's, he's the first, him and his wife are the first ones that I talked to 
outside of yourself mm -hmm. uh, when I decided to transition. Yes. Which mm -hmm. I decided almost a year ago. And your best male friend is also a Jesus person. He totally is. And I, ever since I met him, I thought, I don't get that. But okay, you're really a good guy and I, we're good friends. And so go ahead and mm -hmm. do your Jesus thing and I'll not. And we're all good with it. We are. Yeah. So I don't have anything against the the Jesus thing. I don't understand it. I don't believe it. But I think it people lots of people believe all kinds of things all over the world about spiritual stuff and that's fine. Yep. Everybody gets to do it their way. Yep. Mo most of the time if they're not being oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> so Yes, we try to avoid oppression. Yeah, I hope that everybody does, but yeah, that's a whole well, other podcast. So let's... a lot of people who claim the Jesus thing don't, but right, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, in particular. And you know, I did grow up evangelical. The other half of the Jesus thing that weren't Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, I would probably have considered myself Bapticostal. Okay. Which the Baptists especially the not Southern Baptists were very intellectual about their faith, but then the Pentecostals are very emotional about their faith and the raising hands and talking in other languages and getting really into that connection with the spiritual aspect of their existence in ways that might seem strange or unusual to others. And for some reason, that's made me recall a big a big thing that I left out about not being a church person. Mm -hmm. And that is the anti-queer agenda of many churches. Yes. And the churches that I was raised in were not queer friendly, which most weren't at that time still. More and more are by the day, it seems. But at that time, there were not many at all. And that includes the ones I was raised in. Um, and I knew from a pretty young age that I didn't see myself as male or female. I was just me. Mm -hmm. And that I didn't find one gender or the other, one physical sex or the other to be my primary attraction that I just like people because mm -hmm. I'm just a people. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't really jive with the way that my faith community was expressing its sexual morals at the time. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I never really felt the need to go along with everything they said. Right. Being the thinking religious person that I was and having been raised in a thinking religious atmosphere, um, very steeped in what's called apologetics, which is the rational and uh, intellectual pursuit of explaining concepts of faith. Mm -hmm. um, I was quite content to come up with my own apologetic and my own theory of what I believe and why and live my life the way I felt that 
my faith led me to, which meant that I went to a Jesus college and I went to Jesus college married to a man, but proudly bisexual was how I identified at the time and crashing the Exodus meetings and the other, what they call ex-gay ministries that tried to convert you queers to like the opposite gender because that's what God wants. Absolutely ridiculous, but go ahead. I agree. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's what I told them. And I was kind of able to get away with it because I was married to a cisgender straight guy. Mm -hmm. And I made a few waves, but you know, I, I, like I said, I got away with it. And I think if they had known at the time that I was in an open marriage. That wouldn't, nothing you said would have flown after that. No, no, not at all. But nonetheless, uh, that's another thing. People who did know that I was in an open marriage thought it was because I was bi and it wasn't. I'm kind of digging this monogamy thing. And he just smiles at me like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um but I was at a religious college and I knew that, you know, this concept of using the Bible as a way to say this is what is okay and this is what is not okay, but using it in sort of a cherry picking manner. This is what I like, so this is what we're still going to believe. And I don't like these parts. These parts are no longer culturally relevant to my particular situation. And so I'm going to say that this is for ancient people. Well, and see, some people who didn't get raised in a thinking religion household Mm -hmm. take that as, oh, well, that's how it is. And they think that those things are true and those things are not, and they accept it the way way they're saying it. Yes. Yeah, and, the way they're being told. Right. And in my Christian ethics course at my religious college, because instead of extra um, liberal arts content, we took extra religion content. That's the religious school part. Yes. Yeah. So in my Christian ethics class, I gave a presentation on why homosexuality was not sinful and basically pointed out the absolute ridiculousness of picking certain verses and saying that these ones fit and these ones don't. And instead of using the Bible as more and more people of Christian and Judeo-Christian faiths are coming to understand it as a historical anthology of religious writings that are inspired, but not necessarily authoritative. And the next day, the professor, who has just been arrested for peeping Tom. Oh, really? I know. (laughs) Like we never hear this before. I know. But that professor the very next day uh, said, well, if you're going to believe that about the Bible, then you might as well believe in polygamy, too. And me and my open marriage just sort of chuckled in the back row. So at that point, you know, I continued on with my faith and my marriage. And when it fell apart, I knew at that point I did not want to date any cisgender men ever again. 
That had nothing to do with religion. Again, it didn't have anything to do with religion, but it did affect the fact that the church that I had been attending would not welcome me if they knew that I was seeking relationships with people who didn't have testicles. Right. Gotcha. And so I started looking for queer-friendly churches. I knew that there were more of them and that they were beginning to proliferate at that time, that there were more and more churches that were accepting of queers and still did the Jesus thing. And I did a little bit of looking, and I should back up. I had done quite a bit of looking before I went to Jesus College. In the time leading up to choosing my college and while I was in middle and high school, I did quite a bit of exploring and I spent some time in various pagan faiths and I explored various Eastern faiths and I, I came back to the Jesus thing mm -hmm. because I think the thing I got heaviest into was Wicca and I had some really strong experiences where and some of our listeners are probably going to think I'm a little weird at this point, but it became very clear to me that I was working with something that didn't have my best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. And so that put me off of that. And I kept looking at other options and it may be partly the way that I was raised. And so it was still what fit best with my neural pathways, mm -hmm. but the Jesus thing still just is the best fit for the way my world works. Mm -hmm. They can't see me looking at you like strangely, like I still don't understand how that works, but okay, go ahead. Yeah. And so then I began looking for, you know, a queer friendly Jesus group. And then we met and you said that at that point that you had just refound your faith. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that we bonded over. Mm -hmm. And we were both a little bit weird about it at that point because we were like, not really weird, but a little bit cautious mm -hmm. at that point because being in a mixed faith relationship is not always easy. Right. Especially since so many faiths are so interested in proselytization and conversion and what I believe makes me happy, so it will make you happy too. You should try it. Whether you like it or not. Right. No. No. And no. No. And so you currently, what do you believe now? I don't think we actually got there. I might have to get back to you on that. I, well... I believe in reincarnation, and I have always believed in that. And I, I don't go for it 100%. And when I don't go for it, I think that there's nothing. You live, you die, you might as well be a beetle. I don't know. But um, except we're, you know, differently involved as humans. But anyhow, <laughs> um so I mostly believe in reincarnation. I believe that you would come and do this stuff for a reason. And so if there was a reason and it was all kind of uneven here and there and everywhere, that there would be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. 
and that you would come, meaning come to a human existence or a corporeal existence from some other spiritual. Yes, some other spiritual place, some place out there. Somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. Out <laughs> there. Sorry. The music teacher. Of course. Um, the idea being that we we come here as almost like school. When I went to you know college and I signed up for certain classes, and we sign up for Earth, Human, one hundred one, one hundred two, whatever you got. Those are the uneven parts, and work it out. And why would you do that? Well, same reason you go to school. You learn things. You advance yourself. You um, become from- a better. Entity. Yes, keep from being bored. Because <laughs> if everything's perfect, that would be kind of boring. It would. Yeah. Dang. After a couple days or more, probably, maybe a year, I don't know. Um, eventually, it would be boring. Mm-hmm. And so in, having something to do. So at, understanding it as a learning experience, um, I could digest that. I could say, oh, okay, so these things could be all effed up and... These other things could be going good, and that would make sense because we're learning. And that fits your understanding of the world, because a lot of things that you've dealt with in your life, you've been able to make sense of them as learning experiences. Yes. What are you learning now? What do you mean specifically? What am I learning? I don't know. It's a big topic. <laughs> what, what, what level of graduate studies am I in? Yeah. Uh, uh, this time around. Parenting. Learning how wow. to. Oh, crap. That was a bigger class than I realized. Oh, my goodness. That's a, That degree is tough. It's a steep climb. Um. Can, can I withdraw from these courses now? <laughs> no. That's the other thing. <sighs> you, you can. But you won't learn those things. You'll have to sign up again later if you want to get the credits. Crap. Yeah. Besides, why would you do that now? One of them's already 14. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) You know, two six-year-olds and a 14-year-old. We've Mm -hmm. got 12 years and voila. Woo! We get to the other part of the parenting thing. Uh Uh-huh. Which doesn't involve as much... Dad, I peed, <laughs> but it might involve, <laughs> uh, as, I, as I often say, I'm going to go to his house and do this back yes, to him. We, we, we make ourselves laugh and cope with the awful, horrible things that we have to deal with in our children's development or lack thereof by saying, when they're grown, I'm going to go to their house and yes. do this exact same thing mm-hmm, to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit at the dinner table and say... I don't like any of this. And they'll say, did you try it? And we'll say, no. But I don't like it. I'm going to sit on their couch and say, I peed. I think that's the other thing we said was that when we were talking about what to do with ashes and stuff, Mm -hmm. that we said, um, I'm going to mail your ashes to child number two in the post with a little sticky note that says, I peed. (laughs) Right. So, coping. Coping, yeah. Humor, You're learning how to cope. Uh, 
No, everything's learning how to cope, but the parenting thing is really that's wow. a steep one, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So So you believe in reincarnation that there is a spiritual existence and that you get more than one try at it. Yes, there's a dog barking at us and I have to go tell him to knock it off. Okay. I think he's getting a little dementia. Is that him or is that her? That's him. Go go sit down. Doggy C is old and senile now. The other one's right here, so go lay down, go to bed. You're okay. Go go on. Doggy A died and so now Doggy C has to take her place. Because yes. we can't have a house without an old senile dog. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Well, at least he can hear. They can both hear and mostly see. Mostly? Yes. B has cataracts. Yes, B has cataracts. Her eyes have been cloudy for a while, but... Yes, quite yes, a while. They can see in here. Yes. They have both their eyes. And he, he talks more, dog he, C. Yes. So he was outside the door having a word with us about the fact that the door was closed. How dare we? And... He doesn't agree with that choice. No. I believe that you only get one go-round. I don't see the purpose of that. I don't see that it needs a purpose. I'm really confused. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the only thing that I can imagine you not seeing there being a purpose in. See, here's the thing, though. I'm okay with... The fact of, you know, what Christianity and what you and your Catholic upbringing would have called holy mysteries, things that God gets because their brain is way bigger than mine. And when I reach that spiritual existence, I may have enough brain or enough, you know, cognitive power without a corporeal brain to conceptualize what the purpose is. But right now I'm quite content to accept my purpose as making these kids who make humanity a better place, or at least don't make it a worse place, I hope. Yes, that part. I'm down for that part. Yes. I like the Bible. Most of what it says is pretty darn smart. And when it isn't, you can see why. And the way that Jesus explained things. And do you remember the sermon that I gave about how as humanity has grown up, it's almost like a child growing up? Yes, I like that sermon. Yeah. And so I'm quite okay with admitting that humanity as a whole is probably at about teenager level. And that I as a human concept teenager (laughs) may not have a fully matured concept of what faith and existence is. But I'm okay with understanding that there's still more for me to learn. I don't need to know what my purpose is. I just need to do my best at what my hands have been set to do. Right. Well, I, I don't feel that like you do. You have you have no, a you sense don't. of it. And it doesn't make sense to me logically. And then on top of it, I don't think I could stand the idea that this was the only chance I got at this. There's a lot more to do out there. And I feel rather contained, and I don't like that idea. <laughs> you haven't liked being contained as a matter of faith when it comes to faith or to anything. You don't like being contained. No, I like the option of exploring. And I, I don't feel that the afterlife will be containment. I Fair enough. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I feel like this is our containment and then we get to move on from it. And 
I don't think that we need another go round at containment to broaden our experience afterwards. Okay. But I think all of this discussion of how we're different is really leading up to the fact of we're cool with just letting each other believe what we believe. Yes. And that's the thing that I was thinking of earlier when you said that um, your best guy friend was uh, one of the only people you were able to talk to about that. And he's really a Jesus person. Do you remember when he asked you, is Jess okay with you not being a Christian? Mm -hmm. Like because, that was just totally mind blowing for him. Well, because although that kind of stuff is all okay with him, he knows a lot of his fellow Christians are so not okay with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of Christians feel like if you're not also a Christian, if you don't do the Jesus thing, then I won't get to see you next time. Yes, or maybe we'll both go to hell. Because I failed. Go. They don't want to go. No, no. And I think that's just silly. I, I don't think that's consistent with like the scripture. Like the said, but I don't want to go. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was total fan wank the second time he said it, but it still made me almost cry. Oh. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> Doctor Who, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't believe in regeneration. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, here we are. We're, we're two queers talking about religion and all this stuff. And yeah. that's why we're talking about that on the podcast. Yes, because Thanks. we're okay with being in a mixed faith. As, as well as mixed other things. <laughs> mixed orientation, mixed gender, most... Mixed functionality of children uh, and dogs. <laughs> mixed generation. Mixed. We're, we're just completely mixed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good. Yeah, it seems to be fine. I like being mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> it does beat some other choices. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it and, seems it seems much more enjoyable. There's much more variety and enjoyable. Um, I like variety. Mm -hmm. um, there's much <laughs> much more um, open ended options with being mixed up than there is with being in a dogmatic, single minded, single faith, single generation, single. Or any the combination Orientation, thereof. single anything. Mm -hmm. I like our multi-ness. That's good, because that's what we got. Yep. It helps if you like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Is that it? I think that might be it for now. That's it? Yep. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. 
If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Well, I'm trying to make sure I get all the words in there. Yeah, because words are totally your thing. Words words escape me, and they're just, it was about something. It was about something. There were words about it. Hey, look, there's birds outside. Yep, that's it. That's what I'd rather talk about. (laughs) Not words.